It has been an eventful week. I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon and it's already been an eventful week, but I'm sure the next couple of days, particularly with what's happening in the US, it will be even more eventful. But I want you to cast your mind back to last Saturday, the 31st of October. Do you remember what was significant about that day? Well, let me give you three things. The first thing is it was Halloween, the Feast of All Hallows' Eve. And, and while I suspect it was not particularly popular amongst the congregation at Carlingford Uniting, over the last 20 years or so, it's become more and more part of our society. The shopping centre at Thornley has even had a special space set up with Halloween decorations so that you could take a, a selfie in front of it. And I, I walked past it a, a few times in October, but I never saw a single person taking a selfie. But lots of people don't like Halloween. Uh, some because of what they see as things which stir an interest in the occult. Um, but of the people I've spoken to, by far the greatest objection is that it's an American thing. And I guess this year in particular, or this week in particular, um, lots of people are wanting to steer clear of all things American. More significantly, though, and this is something I did celebrate, is that the 31st of October was Reformation Day, when we remember the start of the Protestant Reformation, when Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg. If you check last week's Looking Out in the Church newsletter, you can read some more about it. So Halloween and Reformation Day. But there's another significance of the 31st of October, which was at the forefront of my mind. Uh, and it's the day that Australian personal income tax uh, returns are due. Although when I went to lodge my return online last Saturday morning, uh, I saw that the deadline had been extended uh, to Monday because it was the 31st was a Saturday. But the 31st is the usual date. Now, you can lodge your return earlier than that, much, much earlier than that, potentially from the 1st of July. But I've now lodged 35 annual returns, but just about all of them have been lodged in the last week of October. And many of them, like this last year's, uh, were lodged on the 31st of October. And each year, I reflect that it wasn't too hard to do, and that I really should do it as soon as I can. And I'm generally due a refund, so the sooner I lodge, the sooner I get my refund. But I don't. Each year, other things come up. Other things are more interesting, and I know I don't have to do it earlier. I don't really make a conscious decision to put it off, but I always do. And I'm not alone in that. I couldn't find the, the stats for this year, but there's always a surge in lodgements in the last week of October. So it's a very human thing to do, to, to have a deadline and to work to it. If you know someone at school or university, how often do assignments get put off to the last minute? How often do people cram for a test at the last moment? In a work situation, how often do reports get off, put off until the last minute? In a church situation, how often is the sermon written late on a Saturday night? And as an aside, I can honestly say I have never written a sermon on Saturday night, but I am told 
it does happen. We like our deadlines, I think. We like our due dates. And if we don't have those things, we find it hard. So often people say something like, if we can just get to the end of the year, then things will be okay. And I understand that Lifeline is bracing for a surge in calls in early January because they, they think that so many people are thinking that 2020 is bad for so many reasons. And they are, perhaps subconsciously, expecting that all the bad stuff will end come the 1st of January 2021. At the moment, we're expecting a COVID vaccine in 2021. Our government is planning to be able to distribute it at the end of the first quarter, but it might not happen. And there's a very good chance that April 1 will arrive and a vaccine won't be available. Which is all a very long introduction to today's reading, today's parable from Matthew 25. Traditionally known as the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, but in our translation called the parable of the ten bridesmaids. This parable tells the story of ten bridesmaids who are waiting for the arrival of the bridegroom. And they have their lamps, as was the tradition, to light the way for the bridegroom. They wait, but the bridegroom was delayed and they nodded off. In modern times, of course, it's usually the bride that's late. At a wedding I preached at at Pimble Chapel a few years ago, the bride was an hour and a quarter late. But no one dozed off. The level of anxiety in the chapel was far too high. But in the parable, of course, it's the bridegroom who's late. So they've nodded off. And then at midnight, there's a shout and all the bridesmaids rush to get their lamps ready. They'd trim the wicks so they didn't make too much smoke. And as they did so, Half of them realised that they had no oil left. So obviously, the first thing to do is ask those with oil to share. But the wise brides, bridesmaids replied, No, there won't be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. It's midnight. The foolish bridesmaids are going to miss the banquet. Their lamps are dry and there's not enough oil for the wise bridesmaids to help out. The foolish bridesmaids go away, and when they get back, they find the door shut, and they plead, Lord, Lord, open to us. And then verse 12 tells us, but he replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. So they had their chance, but they weren't ready, and they missed out. It seems very harsh, and it is. But think about it, all the bridesmaids had the same opportunities and the only difference among them was that some were wise and some were foolish. It's not that some couldn't afford oil and some could. And indeed, the foolish bridesmaids all went off to buy some oil so we can assume that they could afford it. The only difference was that some did the wise thing and some didn't. They all had the same opportunities, the same invitation to the banquet, but some acted foolishly and they missed out. They didn't know when the bridegroom would arrive, but those that were wise acted accordingly. They brought flasks of oil as well as their lamps. 
And because they acted wisely, they were ready when the bridegroom came. You might remember that last month we, we looked at another of Jesus' parables from Matthew 22. Uh, another one about a wedding banquet. We heard that all were invited, but that someone who came chose not to wear the wedding robe and was thrown out as a result. The one thrown out didn't do the right thing. And I, I think we can safely say that he didn't act wisely and he missed out on the banquet too. And now finally, Jesus concludes this parable saying, Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. It would be really nice to know the day and the hour. It would be nice to know when there will be a COVID vaccine. It would be nice to know when we will be able to sing safely in church again. It would be nice if you were a bridesmaid to know when the bridegroom was going to arrive. But for us, for Christians who await the return of Jesus, or who await the day when we will meet him when we die, we also do not know the day that that will happen. We don't know. We, we can't know. Jesus said about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So the point is that we need to be prepared. We need to stay faithful. A lamp without sufficient oil was useless. The bridesmaids who took their lamps and extra flasks of oil understood that they needed to be prepared for the long haul. They needed the oil. They needed fuel. And so do we. And the fuel of our Christian lives is prayer, pray, prayers of praise and confession and intercession. And it's also scriptures, meditating on God's law, as we heard a few weeks ago as we looked at Psalm 1. And it's also the engagement as the community of Christ, our fellowship with each other and the wider church, encouraging each other, helping each other. And it's also being open to the action of the Holy Spirit within our hearts and within our lives, our openness to being changed by God. And if we're taking all that fuel into our hearts and lives, then we will be being wise. We will be staying faithful. We will be ready. We are saved solely and completely by grace, undeserved, unearned, unmerited favour. When we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, when we turn away from our sins and turn to God, we are saved. And that is the free gift of God. And if we truly accept that free gift, then our lives will reflect that. We will wisely choose to do what God wants us to do. We shouldn't be trying to get our houses and our lives in order the moment before Jesus arrives or the moment before we go to meet him. But we should be ready. We should be staying faithful, even though we don't know the day or hour. We spend so much of our lives working to dates, working to deadlines. But there is so much uncertainty in the world and in our lives. But we can all know the sure and certain hope that Jesus gives us. Even though we don't know when he will return, we can know that he will. And we, as his followers, can be ready for that day. 
we will be wise and we will have oil for our metaphorical lamps. We will be staying faithful to the glory of God. Amen.